This is season four of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful perspective. Are you ready to turn the D in divorce into daring discoveries, decadent delights, and delectable desires? Then don't delay. Join me for today's episode. It's time to indulge in your delicious new life after divorce. Happy almost Thanksgiving. I am so curious. Are you hosting Thanksgiving dinner? I am hosting it, friend, but you know what I'm doing. I'm just going to the deli across the street and picking up those packaged meals because it's just going to be me and my dad. I mean, stress-free, right? So I hope that Thanksgiving is is pretty stress-free for you as well. And I'm glad that you're indulging in a little fun with me today because today's topic, safe D. Mm, after divorce, it's kind of like the frosting on the cake of our cuffing season themed episodes. It's like that dollop of whipped cream on your pumpkin pie. It has been such a playful month that I personally, I hope you feel the same way, but I have loved all of these conversations about relationship styles and how there are so many to choose from after divorce. I love my conversation with Daddy Hef, who's a professional dom. I had so much fun last week talking to Elizabeth Cunningham about being a curious after divorce. And I have gotten so many great responses about that episode. So if you haven't yet listened to it, definitely treat yourself this holiday weekend. And I realize even amongst the relationship theme conversations that I have listeners that have no interest in dating right now or don't really want to have any type of physical intimacy right now after their divorce. That just feels maybe too, too vulnerable. And maybe that's you. If it is or if it isn't, I would still love for you to consider some safe D this holiday season. And I'm not talking about safety, like friends with benefits. I'm not talking about any of that. I am talking about being friends with the opposite gender, like when Harry met Sally friends before they got romantic, you know, someone who's in an emotionally safe place for you just to be you some safe D baby. Mm, I love my safety. And today's guest, my best boyfriend, as in friend, Brian, who is the safest D that I've had since my divorce. He and I are going to be talking about the rich benefit that these types of friendships add to your life. Because I really want you to have a Brian Bestie as well. I'm just going to say it. It's so much fun. All right, let's start this luscious conversation about safe D friendship with two spicy facts. Two spicy facts. All the way from New York City. Hello, my dear friend. How are you, Brian? Here we are. I am good, Sadie. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to see you. Likewise, I'm you too. Happy it's been to a while. See you. I know it's been too long, and now we're <laughs> we're here with the listener. So we want to know what are your spicy facts. Well, interestingly enough, um, one of my spicy facts kind of falls in line with what we're talking about today. I made a forty and single marriage pact with a college friend of mine. And uh, I'm my second, a female friend, a female friend. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you are pretty, Brian. You know, I know a lot um, of men who'd love to marry you. <laughs> and and I also perform improv with a puppet. You, you know, OK, I I am a little I'm feeling a little left out. I, I've never <laughs> I've never met this puppet. Mike has never met this puppet. He's going to get the puppet listener. Oh, Brian, I'm dying. He has this, a blue puppet. Look at that. Yes. 
this is that's making fe- is- me feel some things it's kind of naughty to me. <laughs> i have not used this in the bedroom so oh not my yet God, not that's yet. a kinky fun thing okay <laughs> having a moment brian we always have moments like this which is why i love you so much all right so Absolutely. a little bit before we move on to our chat today about what good safe d is tell me about this college friend well she's not quite single she had a oh, she, she had a okay so actually, this is a really funny story. So I really found out the reason why this pact hasn't happened yet is because she's not technically 40. Okay. Well, Tec- hey, I'm crossing well, my fingers for you. Well, here, here, here's the, here's the kinky part about that is, okay, is so she's, she's originally from Dominican Republic. We both went to school together on her birth certificate. We have, we're a month apart. Wow. But her actual birthday is two years before, I mean, two, two years later. So she's actually two years younger than me, but on paper, we're both 42. All right. Yeah. Well, we're all ho- holding our breath over here. <laughs> all right. Well, I, speaking of friends, I have several friends that have a, have a lot of questions about our relationship. Some of them are divorced. Some of them, some of them are not divorced, but they sent me their questions and we're going to, we're going to answer them together today because I love telling people about our friendship. I find it fun. I like talking about safe D as in connecting with men. And I know you like connecting with safe V too, which is why I'm in your life and other female friends are in your life. So we're going to have a playful chat today. Okay. First of all, Let's talk about our friend's story and how we met because it's kind of unique and we'll just share with the listener our unique situation. So Brian and I met, how many years ago was it now? Two? Was it 2022? So actually in March, it'll be two years. Yeah. Okay. So we met listener in a, what would would you call it? A support group? I mean, might as well call it a support group group? at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it, it was actually a group for people who were feeling like they needed support around their attachment styles and relationships. And I, at the time, was feeling a little more like I identified with the anxious style. And Brian, how about you? Uh, The avoidant. The avoidant. Which made me very intrigued about Brian because the reason I was in that group is I was getting over someone who also identified as avoidant. And so I thought, listener, oh my gosh, here's an amazing opportunity for this nice guy in this group to maybe help me out understand better why this other human is behaving in this way. But the silver lining and all of that, we never, and then Brian, you had also, you had a situation with someone you were kind of getting over, which is why you were in that group. Yeah. And an anxious type, which, which made our pairing uniquely uh, beneficial. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And ironically, both of them had first names that started with an L. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad those days are behind us, Brian. I'm so happy they're behind us and that we're in a much better place. But that's how we met and immediately bonded over these people who broke our hearts and confused us so much and our friendship began. And I am happy to say that we are, like I said, both in much better places now. Much better. Absolutely. So safe D, what is safe V to you? Safe D to me is having someone like you, a male friend in my life who I know isn't going to hit on me, isn't going to be inappropriate with me, 
doesn't uh, want something that like, doesn't have an alternative motive and the reason he's connecting with me. It's very authentic. I find you to be a very authentic friend. I've never, you've never ever made me feel uncomfortable, which I love about you. And, you know, I have male friends in my life, but they, you know, a lot of them, I don't know, they kind of try and flirt with me and say things. And I, you know, I just don't have many male friends who I feel are safe D friends. So that's why I love our connection so much. Thank you for that. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think for me, when it comes to, you know, as a man, I'm used to being in the friend zone. So it's, are you? It, I find that yeah. really hard to believe. That's where the, that's where the safe V part comes in. Right. It's like, it's knowing that I'm in the friend zone and that is the zone we're both in. And it's like, it's not like a, a friend zone because of some, some situation that's going on. Right. So you like kind of like this holding pattern. So for me, say V is a situation that I can rely on. That's like, you know, we're both friends. It's not going anywhere further than that. I can be my authentic self. You know, I can show up however I need to show up. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's like well put together, but there's no, there's no judgment that comes along with it. So. Yeah, I agree with that. It's nice to have a male friend who I feel I can be incredibly vulnerable with. I've been so vulnerable with you. I mean, how many times have I left you messages where I've been bawling? <laughs> Enough. Yeah. Several. <laughs> both. Both. On, on both sides. Well, you know, right. you're not necessarily bawling, but maybe you're upset or you're stressed out. You can always <laughs> leave me a message crying, Brian, you know, obviously. But I, I appreciate yeah. that. Like, I appreciate that. I can be that vulnerable with you. And I know that it's not going to scare you away. You're not going to stop being my friend because I'm, ex, you know, showing emotion. And I th again, I think that is something I love about our connection because in a dating situation, it would take a lot for me to be leaving a message for a guy that I'm dating where I'm crying. That would be just, whoa, way too vulnerable in a way for me, unless I, I've known that person for a long, long time. So I appreciate that about you, that you're such a safe space to me. You're such a safe D space to me. Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. And I agree equally on, on, on my side too. It's in the dating context, you know, I, I wouldn't say I have many situations where I'm, I'm being very emotional, even though my relationships have tended to say, you know, women tend to say like they want a guy who, who's emotionally connected. And at the same time, there's always like a, a perspective that that can be too quote unquote feminine. So it's always good to have a space where I can uh, be my authentic self, show my emotion, show all of the different facets of me. And so that for me constitutes safe V a safe emotional space. So some of my friends want to know why aren't we dating listener? I met I, Brian, like I said, lives in New York. I live in St. Paul. We met each other. We met each other one time. And that was last summer in New York. We had a happy hour and it was so great to physically meet not you. That, not that kind of happy hour, but no, it, well, it was a with drinks, happy with drinks. hour. Come on. <laughs> but um, bum. And it was so fun to be in your space and to just, you know, sit across a table and talk and catch up and have a little hug at the beginning and a little hug at the end. But I also loved how there was never a time when I felt confused or, or like I didn't leave that physical connection being like, oh, I wish Brian would have, you know, held my hand. I mean, it just was so nice to have it be 
Sadie and Brian, and then leaving that experience and having things continue on as normal. Nothing changed in our connection. But when I went home to Minnesota and my friends, they all wanted to know, what was it like meeting Brian? <laughs> I said it was great. And they showed them the picture of the two of us. And they're like, what? They're all, he's totally your type. What do you mean? I don't, anyway. So they don't necessarily even believe to this day that you and I are just friends, but we are just friends. You have never seen me naked, true or false, true. I have never sent true. you flirty, like, Brian, come hither texts, true or false. True. True. And you've never done that to me either. Thank you, by the way, for not creating those type of awkward situations. So I just think it's kind of funny that our my friends, at least, they, just, they don't get it. They're very much like that Harry Met Sally quote that men and women just can't be friends, which... I disagree with. So how about you? you know, do you get that I, from I, friends too? I do. I, I actually told, um, there was a woman I was dating and I actually mentioned, I mentioned her to mention your name to her quite a lot. And I remember, I remember telling her, I was like, Oh, you know, I, I just met Sadie. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah. I was like, Sadie lives in Minnesota. I live in New York. Like, you know, we, first time we we met in like the last year and a half, she's like astonished because you know, she would have assumed that like based on the conversation that there was something more. Right. And so I think from a male perspective, some of my friends are like kind of a little bit side. eye. also like, yeah, nothing's going on. I'm like, yo, like it, it is possible, but I would say in my past future dynamics, you know, having friendships that become ultimately romantic it's it's a challenge. It is it is really a challenge to keep uh, a friendship as strictly platonic. It's a challenge to keep it platonic. I think again, we have the benefit of distance, so it's not like we're just chumming around physically day to day, you know, doing yeah. all these things together. I don't know what the dynamic would be per se if we live closer to each each other, but I do like that we have this agreement that we have a boundary and we stick to that boundary. I really appreciate that about our connection. It's interesting because I did a little bit of research, Brian, before this conversation. And there was a study that was conducted of a thousand people between the ages of 18 and 54. They were pulled and they were asked if they would risk dating their best friend. 76% of the people who were pulled responded and 51% of them said that they would take the chance, but the other per- the other forty nine percent said they wouldn't because they didn't want to risk the friendship, losing the friendship. What do you think of that? You know, I, I think that that information is really, really interesting and could probably dissect that a lot. So like I've been there in the past. I've dated like a childhood best friend like many years into the future after us being friends as kids. And the biggest thing I would say it's when you're friends, you look at each other both with rose colored glasses, right? Like it's almost like you can do nothing wrong, but then yeah, I, relationship- I totally think you're perfect. No, I do not. <laughs> I don't think you're perfect. I don't think I'm perfect. But no, I understand. Yeah, you have Absolutely. more of that. Yeah, we look well, at our friends differently than a romantic partner for sure. Well, I think there's a couple dynamics in the current ages. There's there's two types of friendships. There's the friendship where like you adamantly defend defend your friend's position as like they can do nothing wrong. And then you have the other position where you like, you're willing to hold your other friend accountable. And so in that dynamic, you're not looking at them with rose colored glasses, but you're also like acknowledging and, and supporting who, who you know they are. Right. And so I think that's our dynamic. 
you know, we're able to hold each other accountable. So it doesn't create this very rose colored perspective. And so like, yeah, if we were to date, it would be a very different um, we would know purpose. so much about each other. <laughs> I mean, like a woe to me. I'm like, wow, you really know a lot about me, Ryan. Which, you know, it'd be interesting. I mean, it, I've never done I've never dated someone who was my friend for years. I, I've never had that experience, but it sounds like you've had. So how did those relationships end? Are you still friends with those women? Distance, distance. I mean, we, we both have different trajectories in life. And so I think, you know, even for your listener, you know, on the other side of divorce, it's like really like what's your trajectory and and does that, you know, safety or or safe V have the same like life path as you. And so if you're if you're going to break the boundaries of a friendship, it, they should at least be on the same path of life as you. Because if you're not, then you ultimately know, like once it's done, it's kind of done. Mm hmm. Now, when you were dating this woman and she knew about me, did that cause problems? Was there jealousy? I would think so based on her reaction. <laughs> oh, um, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, so some days we would get into little, you know, little tiffs. And, you know, I, I, I used to be of the type where I would just re reference a conversation. I'd be like, you know, I had a conversation with a friend and this is what it was. Um, and so to remove the ambiguity of, of my situations over time, like I've become more comfortable with in my relationships by telling my partners like, Oh, like this is, this is Sadie. This is my friend. And like, you shouldn't, you should be okay with that. So she would hear your name quite often. And, <laughs> you know, every now and again, there was like these little looks. So even when she found out that we had just met for the first time and I showed her a picture of you and she's like, all right, I'm going to believe you until I don't anymore. Well, isn't that unfortunate? Okay. So let's talk about a little bit about that because I think we at this stage in life have to have a little more confidence or trust in someone to have a friend of the opposite gender where it's just a friend. Because again, you and I, have ne we have never crossed a line, Brian, and I'm proud of that. Because I've crossed, yeah. I've crossed a lot of lines, babe, and I love that Adults. we've never done that, you know. And uh, uh, and and how can we, with future partners, help them be okay with our friendship? Because also, I would hate to lose you as a friend because you were dating someone who was insecure about our connection. I mean, my God, I live in Minnesota. I, I think it's important for the listener too to feel like you can have a friend of the opposite gender who's close to you, and your partner that you're dating has to have the self esteem or the confidence to be okay with that. Yeah, I don't think I know, could date a guy who'd be like, no, you can't be friends with Brian. I mean, give me a break. I don't, at this stage I mean, in life, I'd be like, well, bye. <laughs> I'm going to be friends with Brian. So toodaloo, you know. You know, that's an interesting one. Cause, cause that's a, that's a conversation that, that adults need to have, right? It's like, you know, who, who are they willing to, to give up either the friendship or relationships for? So, well, you know, let's just it, keep it, it real. Since I've known you, how many guys have I talked about? Many. Let's just say a handful. He's nodding his head, listener. I won't, who's, who's still uh, in this uh, connection I won't give with you me? Those, I don't give numbers. <laughs> and who's still sitting with me today? Are those guys sitting with me? They are not. But Brian is. So again, I rest my case. Like I've I've learned. Hang on to the friends because usually they're the ones that stick around. You know, I for a long time I I've stood by that position. I only have one caveat to that is that? 
you know, each person has to know their, their friendships and the quality of them. And so if you are in a, if you're in a situation with a person that you believe to be wanting to be more than a friend, then obviously that's not like an authentic situation. And that might be the only time you need to break that rule. I think at least for me, you know, I've kept people on, even though they were like an, an aside, you know, throwing little glances or just being overly friendly, overly giving because, you know, they were attracted to me. So, you know, it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, which is like, it's good to be in a friend zone and know that I'm in a friend zone because I'm an actual friend versus like someone you're like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I, I want the benefits of the attention versus the actual relationship. So I don't know why women put men in the friend zone. They, there could be many, many reasons. <laughs> well, I usually put men in the quote friend zone if I don't want to date them, but you feel women put you in the friend zone, like just to put you on hold for a little bit while they're figuring out other things. That, I mean, that's been an experience at different points. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I've done it too. You know, I'm like, I'll, I'll see a woman. I'm like, you know what? I got, I got, you know, one or two other women that I'm, that I'm involved with and I don't want to completely throw it into the friend zone. So I'll like put it into like timeout. <laughs> we got a new uh, zone today, listener, the timeout <laughs> zone. That's a whole other episode, Brian. Are you looking for more support after divorce? If you like experiencing new things and meeting like-minded people, then join the Divorced and Happy Meetup group. We have fun get-togethers every few months, and there's no fee to join. Presently, there are meetup groups in the Twin Cities, Chicago, and Denver. Look for the links to the groups in my show notes and visit divorcedandhappy.net for more information. Okay, one of my friends wanted to know, this is her question. I think it's kind of cute. Here's her question. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get your reaction. Is it awkward to talk about sex with a male friend? Hmm. I would say no. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... again, it's not like you and I are sharing intimate, intimate layers of what we're doing with partners. That is not the case. But there are general facts, stories shared that I don't find that awkward. I think it, it might be a little bit different for men okay. and women. Um <laughs> Like, like I'm, I'm thinking I have, I have a, a wide, I have a diverse group of friends, um, you know, male, female, straight, trans, gay. And, you know, there's, there's a certain limit to, to how much information I put out there into the universe. Okay. But, but I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm comfortable with it. If the subject comes up, there's like just different details, uh, that are different than, you know, you, you tell your homeboys, you know, Hey, I did this, you know, you tell your lady friends like, no, you know, do you, kind of little, do you dial it down for your lady friends? Probably should, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause then, you know, there's, there's, there's always that perspective. I'm like, you can't give out too much information. Otherwise, you know, people start to look at you differently, you know, then that, then that puppet becomes like a, <laughs> a whole puppet. other conversation. Right. Oh my, he needs a spicy outfit, Brian. Okay, so we're kind of getting to the the benefits of having someone who's a friend who's a, of the opposite gender. It's like one of the benefits I feel is I can be really open with you about sexual experiences with men because I think mm -hmm. men in general are more comfortable talking about sexuality. And that's one thing yeah. I love about having male friends is that I don't get the side eye. I don't get the big deer in the headlights. Like, holy shit, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Like I have from female friends, there's less judgment from men around 
sexuality. So I, that's one huge benefit. You know, it's, it's very interesting because it, it goes back to that, that point I made earlier. I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't discuss numbers. Um, <laughs> but you know, there, there's a conversation that's going on right now in terms of like younger women in, in whatever age group you want to consider it, which is like body count. Right. And so, you know, I can understand from a woman's perspective, she may be wanting to withhold some of that information right. for like, sure. like perceptions around her worthiness. Which and so, BS, but, but yeah, anyway, in my opinion, yeah, it's like, but yeah, like I, I've, I know, you know, women who are very open about their sexuality and some who are like super private, you know, very conservative. Um, either way you go, everyone needs some perspective from the opposite sex. Absolutely. One. Okay. Here's a funny story. One time I was dating a guy and I went on a, a trip to go and meet him and it just turned out to be this terrible experience. So I'm sitting in Miami listener and I'm crying. I'm sitting by the pool of the hotel and I'm crying and I'm calling up Brian, Brian, what should I do? And Brian is giving me these tips. He's like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you reach out and text him today? Cause he, this guy that I was meeting was on a business trip and just, you know, flirt a little bit, like say you're at the pool mm -hmm. thinking of him. So I did it. Oh my gosh. And then his response, the guy's response was, yeah, isn't the pool beautiful? <laughs> oh my and I God. told Brian and Brian says, and I quote, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it's so great yeah. though to have a male friend. Cause my female friends would have been like, oh, it's okay. It's, it'll be okay. And Brian's like, yeah, that's you're doomed. <laughs> Even though it hurt in the moment, I was so grateful to have a male friend to say like, yeah, you're, this isn't, go, this isn't working out for you. <laughs> this is no good. Instead of, you know, oh, it'll be all right. So thank you for that moment. Even though it was hard to hear that, I can laugh about it now. So that was a huge benefit. And it still is to get your perspective on dating. Oh my gosh. You've given me so much wisdom around dating. I can't. Yeah, even. that was a, th that was a hard conversation. Cause e even as I, even as I think about it now, the the thoughts that were running through my mind is like, do I like burst the bubble or do I like <laughs> just, you know, just like passively be it's okay? Or do I just like the you third just part? Ripped off like, that band-aid friend. You just ripped it off. And like, I thank you for that. That's true yeah. love. You can <laughs> tough love, baby. You're like, Sadie, I'm sorry. Pack yeah. your bags. And, and and listen, I've I've been on the other other end of that too, which is, you know, I've I've come to you for advice and you're like, listen, you know, yeah, you're gonna have to deal with this. And and I think considering I have no sisters, you know, having someone, a female who I can go to, and I have a, a sister in law at the same time, like someone who knows me outside of the family who I can go to with, you know, romantic calamities. You know, it makes it really makes life a whole lot easier because like in five minutes, I can just be like, hey, this is what's a, this is what I'm about. I'm about to do. And you could talk me off the ledge. And I have. We've definitely yeah. done that for each other. Or when Absolutely. we've had we've had slip ups, which I've had some slip ups lately. And I've confessed those to you because you're a safe space and you're, you know, you still hold me accountable, but in a way that's very loving. And I appreciate that. I think also Brian is listener. He's so good at listening and asking thoughtful questions. I remember when I was first getting to know you, Brian, and you had mentioned something like, gosh, I hate it when I go on these dates and I have all these questions and I ask all these questions and then the date doesn't ask any questions back. And I'm like, what? 
I'm like, wow, guys, you know, just the like, wow, guys really experience that too, because you're, it's, everything's just from your side, yeah. from your point of view. So that was really helpful to me. And I remember when I was having a rough patch, when we first started getting to know each other and I was journaling about things and I remember journaling, I would like to date someone like Brian who asks questions. So I guess in the moment, I just thank you for helping me date up. If I can say that's, you know, Mm. dating up where now when I look at men like, well, I want to date someone who's, you know, you've modeled to me what men, how men can communicate, how men can behave. And I just think that's, it's great to have a positive man in your life. I mean, I have other positive men in my life, obviously, you know that, but you you know, you're just special that way to me because you you give me a little bit of hope. Give me a little hope in this world of dating, uh, dating in midlife, Brian. It's a, it's a trip, um, right? Listener. It's just a trip. So it, it, it gets crazy. I think, I think the biggest thing that I got from, from you is that I was speaking to uh, another friend of mine about this. It's, it's the, like when you're in a really good friendship, you can, you can fail a hundred times. Right. And that person will, will, will hold you accountable and still go to the bar and have like a, ton of shots with you right and so you know it's the the perspective of like this is real and i also need like a shoulder to cry on um something i learned recently which is like hugely beneficial is you need you need three different kinds of friends right you need the kind of friend who's going to hold you accountable you're going to need the kind of friend that's going to defend the other person in the situation and then you need a a friend who's going to be like that kind of that soft space right that like that little space in the middle that's going to be like you know what yeah you you know you fucked up you know sometimes you can be a bit of an asshole but you know you're an amazing person and so i think taking those three components will allow a person to date up and so you know i think if you, if you really look at it, you might be dating one of your friends anyway in your romantic partners. Interesting. It's weird. And I think you can find friends who have all three qualities. Yeah. And you know, the, the hardest part Male is, friends, is... Meaning, I think is, you have those yeah. all three qualities for sure. The, hard, the hardest part is not breaking the friendship because, you know, again, like you said, there's a high quality person, a high quality man, a high quality woman. And you're like, why can't I date someone like that? And so what happens is we then go, well, damn, I'll just date that person. And, you know, the reason that they're high quality to us is because they're objective. When you start to date someone, everything becomes a little bit subjective. So true. So true. So how can the listener find some safe D after divorce? Well, first, if you haven't tried it, peanut butter bourbon will help right for any any ladies out there who drink bourbon um what does that I, mean i no li- like literally drink some bourbon? peanut butter bourbon okay <laughs> i better get some very good Pe- peanut butter bourbon right it's winter time it'll warm you up uh, <laughs> that and a little bit of solo play and lady you're on your yo, way okay it's the, it's the safest d you'll find um, <laughs> um oh, that's so true I, I think I think the the biggest the the most intimidating factor that men face when it comes to to friendships is it's around expectations and persona, 
right? Like a lot of men have these huge egos and personas that they walk around with at work, in the street, amongst their other male friends. And so, you know, the, the safest way is to, to create an environment where that person can, can put those things away and just be their authentic self. Um, they don't need to like entertain to be charming or witty or anything, you know, and the woman is also actually holding that person accountable to say like, like, tell me how you really feel. Right. Versus like the very surface level of connection, which is like, Oh, I'm fine. It's good. It's okay. It's like, well, you know, you sound like you're hurt type of environment. So it's like, if, if she can create the space that allows that, that man to put away those unnecessary things, then, you know, he'll, he'll probably end up being a really good friend for that person too, as well. My suggestions are a little more pragmatic. Oh yeah. Well, like a meetup group. (laughs) Oh, okay. You know, I mean, what is something you love to do, Brian? Mm. Are you a bowler? Um, Are you a golfer? Like, you know, a hiker? Because there's that, a meetup group for everything. And if you can't find the meetup group of what you're interested in, you can create it and people will show up. And the great thing about making friends is it's a lot like the stakes are a lot lower than when you're dating, which I appreciate. You know, the The funniest thing is uh, there was an article I read a good while back saying that like younger people have a really hard time making friends. And I'm like, really? I'm like, it gets harder when you get older to make friends. But, you know, a meetup group or like some type of activity group is it's 100 percent like it can be a, a sip and paint group. Exactly. And they're everywhere, especially yeah. in New York City. Absolutely. Or like, you know, it's winter now in Minnesota, like a ski club. Or a broom ball club. <laughs> I don't do the broom I, ball club. That's too cold for me. But I mean, the point is, like, there's like, what do you love to do? Find a way to do that with other people. And regardless if it's, you know, a safety friend like Brian, you're going to meet new people. And that's always a bonus because they might know someone that is going to be like the perfect friend for you. You never know. Yeah. And I I think something that you mentioned at the the top of the show, which is very interesting, is like you can literally tell that person what it is that you want and what it is that you don't want. And you're either going to get it or don't. Right. So it's like, you know when one of the things when we first were getting to know each other, you know, you were like, Oh my God, like, I just wish I had a, a, a relationship or a friendship where it was a guy who wasn't trying to hit on me or trying to sleep with me. Yes. And if that guy can like, if that's something that, that he's capable of doing, then he'll be your friend. Otherwise, eventually he'll just like wither away. Right. But I, I think women can, can finally be clear about, a hundred percent about what's available or not on the table. And it makes it easier to like in those situations that cross that line. So to close our Chewy chat, I want to read from an article I found by an author by the name of Brooke Meredith. And she talks about the importance of having friends of the opposite gender. And she says this, in our society, there is an unfortunate connotation that any relations between a man and a woman must always turn romantic or sexual. Of course, this can and does happen, but this is also an insulting and absurd statement to both sexes 
implying that men are incapable of care or respect or of controlling any kind of sexual urges. And it's insulting to women and implying that men's interest in us is solely connected to their sexual desires and that our worth to them cannot extend beyond this. So listener, absolutely, you can have your safe D. And I am so grateful, Brian, that you are that in my life. And I treasure our friendship so much. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you. Thank you for for having me here. Uh, You know, it is a remarkable statement that men and women have had friendships, platonic friendships for millennia. And so because it started that way, we can continue it that way. Absolutely. All right. I can't wait to to go to New York and drink. What are we going to have shots of? What is it? Peanut what again? Peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey, baby. Do you have a dive bar in your neighborhood we can go to? Oh, I can find one. (laughs) All right. Next time I'm in the city. I can't wait. All right. Thanks again, Brian. All right. Talk to you soon, honey. Thank you again to Brian for being so open in that chat. I am. I'm so grateful for his friendship. I love me some safe D. I want more of it in my life. I I hope this conversation encourages you to be open to friendships with men or women and to allow those those friendships just to be a great safe source of emotional support and playfulness and sharing our story. I find relationships with my male friends invaluable. So sending you some good safe D, keep me posted on how that is looking in your life. I'd like to hear all about it. Okay, it's time for the burning question. And I picked today's question because it very much aligns with the episode topic. It is from Jay. Jay lives in Dallas. And Jay, I guess, felt a little bit shy, which is fine. So he didn't leave a voice note. He just texted his question. So here's the question. Sadie, how do I get back into the good graces of an amazing woman who I've disappointed? Jay, here's the deal. What I want to know, if you were sitting across the table from me right now, what I would first ask you is what makes you want to get back together or connect with this person, this woman who you've, quote, disappointed? Like, what's your motivation? Because I I feel that you should really figure that out before you reach out to her. Meaning, are you feeling guilty? Are you wanting just to ease your conscience and mend things because of that? Or do you really want to build more of a friendship if she's open to that? Or are you, I don't know, I don't know the backstory, but maybe you're wanting to rekindle the fire, so to speak. So just think about your your motivation. And if it is more for selfish reasons, I am going to strongly suggest that you delete her number and that you move on. But let's say you do want to reconnect to build a friendship. Then I would do a couple of things. I would first ask her if she's open to that. If she says no, definitely respect her boundary. But if she says more of something like, hey, Jay, yeah, I'd be open to being your friend, but here are my conditions. And then she lists her conditions. Like say, for example, she wants you to be more consistent or whatever. Then again, make sure you can actually follow through out of respect for yourself and respect for her. Because if you can't, again, ditch your number, move on. Words and actions got to align. Otherwise, you're just going to keep disappointing. That's not fair. It's not It's not a good look on you, Jay. I don't recommend it. But if you can do all the things that I suggested, I, I have a feeling you might not only get some safe V in your life, Jay, and maybe you'll be safe D to her, but maybe, hey, maybe something more can come out of it. So it could be a happy ending. Let me know how it goes. I'm so curious. All right, if you want to ask me a burning question, listener, which I would love, just go to my website, divorcedandhappy.net, scroll down, you'll see me in a caution tape dress, and there is a button you just hit record and record your question. I can't wait to get it. 
All right, it is now time for next week's episode clue. And the clue is this, it's gonna be a party and a funny one too. I know, are you curious? Well, tune in next week for some laughs. And Mike and I just wanna wish you again, a very happy Thanksgiving. We're giving you a big pumpkin pie hug right now. And we will catch you next week on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to treat yourself by subscribing to the podcast. If today's show gave you a boost, consider giving us some love with a five-star rating and an enticing review. Interact with Mike and me all season long on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Looking for an affordable and effective way to market your services and products? Consider sponsoring the podcast. Email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about our sponsorship opportunities. Join us next Wednesday for more delicious life after divorce fun.